TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. It's better over here. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. If your day sounds like... We need the report ASAP. You deserve Modelo. If you've persevered through... You deserve this rich golden lager with a crisp but refreshing taste. Or if you overcame. Two more reps, two more. You deserve this ice cold reward. Medella, the Markable Fighter. Drink responsibly, beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. What up, everybody? Merry Christmas to everybody. It is 10 a.m. in the District of Columbia, points north, south, east, and west. Yeah. And nobody's at work except me, <laughs> B. Mitch, and Jeff Walker for president. Hey, that's it. Shout out to intern John, Denton Day. Yeah. Linnell did his best Jason Bishop impression. Dude was out the door before 10 a.m. <laughs> Surely he's hustling to get to the gym. <laughs> I doubt that seriously. He, uh, he may be going to get him some fast food. <laughs> so here's the thing we were afforded today's a federal holiday yes i think because i parked on the street so it better be and oh you i didn't know that would be your truck that i saw the ticket being put on perfect <laughs> um but so ck we we could have had today off but it's the day after a game yeah and this is what we do and especially this quarterback controversy has been brewing for a month, six weeks. When you called it a non-traversy when he was hurt, when you said it, it hit me like, okay, cool. It was and, a non-traversy no, 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 then. No. Now, when you start looking back, dude, you you hit the nail on the head. 
Because the day you said now he's on the sideline, you asked Ron that question too. I did. And Ron answered you honestly by saying, yeah, you do think about it. And now he's a big, see, strong kid, man. Now you see it happening. In and in that game, listen, I don't think anybody can sit up here and try to blame Taylor for that game. Agreed. Because, and then I can say the success you saw Carson have in that game, the 49ers were in straight prevent at that moment. So they were giving him the passes, coming up, tackling him. Giving the passes, coming up, tackling him. So both guys had 112 or higher quarterback rating in that game. Uh, you could blame, try to blame Taylor for the fumble. Uh, nah, you better blame Leno. I'm not Leno. blaming him for the fumble. I'm going to blame Leno because you know what? I didn't play left tackle, but 14 years of the game and also being out of it now this long and watching coaches teach it, I know one thing they don't they don't teach. They do not teach a left tackle how to hinge, okay? They want you to go back by keeping, you know, you, you want to make them run the hump. When you hinge, which are, what I'm talking about is throwing your left butt cheek Towards the quarterback, right. you give the guy a straight shot at giving him a kidney blow. You, we saw it happen in the game um, previously that they lost right. to the Giants with uh, Thibodeau. Thibodeau. And then we saw Bosa move from side to side. I think Bosa had his most success when he was rushing from our left side, which is supposed to be our best left tackle. And he was getting to the quarterback at will. Jeff, 10.08 a.m. We've already had a butt cheek reference. That might be a new record. Hey, man. You're right, though. When you open up that wide, you have no base. Yeah, but like, that, it's like you. what you well, do. And dude, Morgan Moses used to do that, where where the power for these guys is in their legs, and when they just are stuck using their upper body, you're toast. Yeah, but I think when you look at pass rushers, they're looking for you to be off balance, or they're looking for you, because if you watch them, anybody that's been out there, they got these huge-looking hula hoop things. And they run the edge, and they try to get as they low get as they so can. so low, right? And if you were to be able to, like, stay in their in their in their in their path, they're going to try to go around the loop, which means you you watch it every game. Defensive linemen go up the field, run around, and the, and the line the offensive lineman just pushing past the quarterback. Quarterback steps up, deliver ball. When you getting it in the shotgun, they normally get it five to six yards behind the center. And your quarterback anchors there. For that guy to get to him, he has to be able to run that run that hula hoop, that little loop, and turn the edge. And they are turning the edge consistently. Okay? And we watch him turn that edge. So when I looked, I went back to look. I watched it in the Giants game, and I watched it the, uh, in the 49ers game. That left foot is being thrown so far inside to where you're opening up a straight lane to the back of the quarterback. And it's I and mean people can say <laughs> what you want about. Well, when you get hit, you gotta hold the ball. When you are about to deliver a ball and a guy comes in and hits you with shoulder pads in the kidney and slap that right arm, I would say nine times out of ten, that ball's coming out. I don't think <clears throat> I don't think the sack fumbles what got him benched. The pick on the following possession was an awful throw. Well, well, but see, but this is the thing. I'll backpedal to that. There's a T-shirt out here. That, but, well, <laughs> F it. Terry's down there somewhere. Right. I want everybody to go back and watch that play. When he throws the football, he is stepping with his left straight up the field. His eyes are damn near left, and he throws the ball to the right. So 
it's like all of that stuff that he's been doing, he's been getting away with it. He didn't get away with it in that game. Right. Because there was one earlier that should have been picked that they dropped. But ultimately, he – but still, you look at, the, look at the pick, he still had 112 with the pick. They – I thought this going in. I said it going in. I certainly think it now. They were waiting for their reason – to be able to tell the other guys on the team that love Taylor, we got to make the move. Yeah. And so when you have back-to-back possessions that that end in turnovers, you can sell that to the locker room. You can sell it, but if everyone meant the things they've been saying for the last seven, eight weeks, nine weeks, whatever it was, if they truly meant it word for word as they try to present it, there's no way they go away from it that quick. And based off of that little statement I made, there ha- and we'll never hear it, but there has to be some people who's confused in the locker room. And confusion ends up Did you, lack of lack of uh, concentration. I don't know if they if we were able to run it in our show and postgame. Did you hear the interview with Logan Thomas? It was basically me and Logan because there weren't that many reporters out there. Mm-hmm. But it was like a scrum. There were other people there. I want to say Paris was in it. But And Logan, to his credit, Said he's like, yo, Taylor's. He's like, I'm, I'm best friend with both of them. Right, I, that, yeah, I remember that. And so, like, he, he said he was disappointed. I, I think it'll be low key because I don't think anybody's going to say it. But one, I think they're going to Carson. Do you think they're going to Carson? I think it's. I think it's Carson. One because you, your post. I took your post, and I just said, "Do you feel this is the right move?" It's been a ton of people saying no, yes. But I'm getting a lot of the people who I guess they just been waiting for it, you know, because I think they're they're 100 Carson guys. But it's not many people that are kind of looking at this thing in the sense that if you pay attention over the last four or five weeks of conversation that was going on, they were pushing toward this totally, and they were hoping to God that it could be more of a positive thing for them because right now. If I look at when the when the 49ers were pinning their ears back and coming, and you look at Taylor's quarterback rating and output, and then you look at Carson's output and rating when they were dropping back and allowing you to throw passes in front of them, I don't see where Carson was better. Let's just be real. Let's let's just no pretense. Let's be real about something. Quarterbacks with crazy contracts. And high first round draft pick status, yeah. get a hundred chances. Oh yeah, and that's what, they're like a cat, dude. Look at Sam Darnold. Look at Baker Mayfield. Look at Zach Wilson. Mm-hmm. The, the locker room hates that kid, and they keep going back to him. Yeah, he's the number two overall pick. They're gonna go back to Carson. Yeah, they're paying him twenty eight million dollars, and they traded two draft picks for him. Because, and on top of it, if I pick you, I win trade for you. When I said I had to get a quarterback, if I don't go back to you. Ownership and people above me that make decisions are saying, okay, then why did you go get this dude then? Let's add this. <laughs> Let's add this little cherry to the cocktail. Well, just a little sprinkle of vermouth. It's entirely possible there's a new owner next next year. Mm-hmm. And Ron, king of the castle out there right now. He, he's he got the, football, uh, the coach-centric approach. New dude cuts a $7 billion check. He might show up and say, I want a real GM. No, he might not say nothing. He will say. Right. Like, so you also got to prove that this is the right move because well, who knows what's coming down the I pipe. I think at this point, you can't prove that no matter what goes on the rest of this season. 
That guy was at two and four and was a statue and was throwing interceptions and getting hit in the back. Gave up, uh, what, nine sacks in one game. The other guy came along and had much more positive output than the guy, even with all of the limitations. You bring this guy back in the last two or three weeks, what's going to be the excuse if things don't work out? Because my, my thing would be, you can't tell me, oh, he was hurt. You let him play a whole game with a broken finger. So you could have brought him back. But what it Why was. Why they didn't bench him at halftime. You waited for a situation to make it seem like, oh, we had to make this move. I can look at it. I knew the move was coming. Uh, from the moment I heard you say how he was sprinting out the <laughs> locker room at halftime, I heard others mention. That's the thing that I don't think. What you know as a player and what I have seen over the years, I think a lot of people don't recognize that it's like little, subtle differences. Yeah. This stuff is so formulaic and so routine and so drilled down that when you notice something different, it means something. When I see, normally, let's be real, backup quarterback, all he does is hold a clipboard on the sideline. Right. The moment you see him go put his helmet on, and just tossing the ball back and forth. That tells you something. But if that backup quarterback is acting like he's running boots and rollouts (laughs) on a sideline, then you damn well better know that something has been done. So go back to the the Giants game. Halftime, I'm going to give you what I think. Hey, look, things don't go well. We're coming to you, so we need you to be ready. And we tell the other quarterback, which you have to love this about Taylor Heineke. When he is challenged, he normally plays best football. Totally. Okay, so he first, comes. The first half of the Niners he, game, I think, was his best football of the year. He comes out, he plays a hell of a drive, goes straight down and score a touchdown against the Giants. So guess what? Now we can't go to that because right. if we try to do it now, we look stupid. Right. In this game, like you stated, came out had his first best half of football. He is hitting boom, 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 boom. Running game is not really going much. I think he was 8 of 11 for 90. Dude, but the running game, game, the running but, game's going nowhere, bro. It was exactly what I expected. I knew they were going to try to run. I knew they weren't going to make it work. Taylor consistently in that first half, third and nine plus, made third him, and eleven, third him. and twelve, made good throws. Dude. Well, in the second half, when the 49ers decide to, you know, turn it up a little bit, I was smoking this turkey yesterday, and the fact that I had three of them in the in the tr- tray at the same time, they told me the recipe said two seventy five, and I'm like, well, you know what? It's cold outside. Plus, I'm gonna put it at 300. It make make it make work a little better. Well, that's what the 49ers did. They say, well, you know what? We've been trying to come at him, but it hadn't been working. So let's turn it up to 300 degrees now. They started to bring more pressure. They started to really shut down the run, and then things change a little bit. And then guess what? Sideline, we go. Hey, now we could do what we wanted to do. So they were looking for any negative to make sure they could get Carson in that game. When I saw the guy totally, come, dude. when I saw him, when they gave me, we now, people don't understand NBC Sports watching. They always had a camera in the, in the in the hallway. When I saw Carson in a red suit with a Freddy Krueger hat on, <laughs> I basically told everybody there, I said, "He's going to play today because we, you had over one and a half, over under one and a half. The amount of quarterbacks were going to play in that game. I told you two. Yeah, you took two. Everybody else we took. So when I saw him show up in a red suit with the Freddy Krueger hat, I knew nobody dresses like that to be just a backup. You know, and it's backup little, quarterbacks wear jeans and a hoodie. 
We've seen him come in the game. <laughs> Most times when Carson was coming to the game throughout this uh, injury time, Sweats. he was in hunting-looking outfit. <laughs> I saw him in a, in a camouflage jacket one time, a sw- like a kind of sweatsuit. He never was that dressed up. And Taylor had on his Christmasy stuff, but he wasn't sharp as Carson. So I'm like, okay, Jordan told us to wear red. Pete wore wine and, or in green. That was not a Christmas Guess who else wore wine and green? Taylor. <laughs> Carson, he went out there. He said, you know what? The, the, the homework was red. He came with a red suit. I'm like, he's going to play. And when they went to him for pregame, when he was warming up and stuff, I'm like, that dude going too damn fast to say he's going to be standing on the sideline. He's playing today. And he- I wish I could have found something from, uh, from uh, Vegas where I could have put a bet on that. Dude, I would have loved it if I could have bet. I would have put my mortgage on that. Like, I, I've been telling you for weeks that they want to go back to him. Oh, yeah. And, and dude, if you, they're, they're, I, I want to get into a real kind of specific breakdown of Taylor versus Carson. Because there's a, a million differences in the two guys, but the truth. They're basically they, the same. They're basically they the just same. Get, they, they, what they do, they, they leave the port. And they go different journeys, and they end up back in the same spot. Totally. Like you and I, you go and get re- information, 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 you get to a point. I am very much an intuitive person. Sure. I see little things. I say, this is what's going to happen. And we both end up in the same spot every damn time. Sure. You know? And it, it's the it's the journalistic point and the, the former player point where I don't need to see some of the stuff to know. And you see it. And then when you tell me, when you when you bring it to me, I'm like, okay, cool. I'm thinking I'm on the right I'm on the right uh, pad now, you know I'm I'm I thought I was off off uh yeah off course but know what JP now gave me some information no I'm right on course and we're about to have a collision up here in a few um uh, let's let's do a legit breakdown of Carson versus Taylor yeah I want to do that um but I, I can I ask you a favor yeah personal favor what's that I had some I had cans of seltzer water in my truck that obviously I parked at Dulles for a few days. And they froze and they exploded. So I got all this ice in my truck. Wait, wait, wait. Inside the cab? Oh, yeah. <laughs> in my seat. So. Did you not think that it was going? No. Obviously, I didn't think. You didn't look at the weather? No. I mean, it was cold. I don't know. I, I didn't think about it. I can't tell if my jeans are wet. Will you feel my jeans and tell me if they're wet? I'm going to let, I'm gonna let uh, Lindsey John take it out for you. Intern John, will you come feel my butt and tell me if it's wet? Oh, I wasn't going to feel your butt. It's like right where my pocket is, is yeah. where I think How it's wet. How about you feel it? You- I, I can't tell. <laughs> you ever been really stoned and you can't tell if you're wet or not? That's what I feel like right now. <laughs> hey, there you go, John. John going to put a piece of paper, and if, it's, if it comes back wet, Jeff, would you wet. feel my butt? No, not at all. All right, not- Johnny. Like right here, I can't tell if it's wet. On the back, the side of the leg, side of the leg. Dude, the paper, I need full, I need full hand. John is grabbing my ass right now. <laughs> Yo, John, you did not just do that. It's a bit moist. Yeah, I told you. I would like, if any of our listeners, if anybody wants to be Santa Claus, please bring me some dry pants. That's uh, that's what I would like. Uh, do we have a dryer here? Maybe I can just put them in the dryer? Hell do you care no. if I sit around in my drawers for a little while? Uh, yes. Well, I guess I'm just going to have a wet hey, ass. Uh. <laughs> Don't go anywhere. It's B-Bitch and Finley. <laughs>
Be Mitch and Finley, 1067 The Fan. Dude, did you see Mitch Tischler's travel? His what? His travel home? No. Is he here yet? Or is he still traveling? I think he got home last night at four in the morning. He left. He Re- left. Repeat that one more time. What? You say he got home last night at four in the morning. <laughs> I, I mean, whatever. He got home at four in the morning. So I'm just messing with you, dog. I flew out on the red eye. That's those flights Saturday are the best. Night. It's the only way to do it. You're a zombie, but and it's the only way. You're to do a zombie, it. but you know what? That red eye for some reason seems to flying out there takes five hours and something, five hours and some change. Flying back is like four hours and change. Right. It takes a whole hour, so I, I jump on it all the time and I sleep the whole way, dude. So I, I got some sleep, but it ends up being. I got two and a half hours of sleep. You know, like it's just not a lot of sleep. But um, so I made it out. Mitch was on a 6 a.m. flight the next day, but it had a stop in Chicago. Wrong place. He got to Chicago and was stuck there for 10 hours, including five hours on the plane. Wait, wait, wait. Five. five. Dude, check his Instagram. It's unbelievable. I'll. Well, I can say this, Mitch. Imagine the Buffalo Bills. Yeah. They got stuck where they were. When they finally got home, they got to Rochester. When they got to their facility, these dudes had to dig their cars out, dude. It's one thing where they showed the guy was driving away. It's like six feet of snow on the back of the truck just piled up. All right. So let's um, – the the topic this week is going to be Heineke versus Wentz. Period. I believe Ron's going to go with Wentz. Um. I very much believe that. We'll, we'll find out. Ron is scheduled to speak to the media tomorrow at 1.30. Um, there's, I believe there's a team meeting tomorrow at 1 o'clock. So if he makes a decision then, I would assume he would let us all know. This thing could go till Wednesday. Wouldn't shock me. He'd probably address the team before practice on Wednesday. Um, but it, I, I think he's going to go to Wentz. So, so let's, <clears throat> let's try to have an honest conversation about Carson versus Heineke. I think, obviously, Heineke is more beloved. He's more of a fan favorite. He's been here a while. He played in that playoff game a few years back, played pretty well. Um, Heineke has a je ne sais quoi. Like, he has an undeniable, intangible, gutsy joyfulness. Like, Doc calls him Rudy. Like, yeah. you, you root for him. You know what I mean? And and a lot of that is... <laughs> this dude, Riley Webster, just tweeted me. He said, I'm listening to B-Mitch and Wetass from 10 to 2. <laughs> <laughs> if you missed that, make sure you get on the Odyssey app and hit rewind and, and figure out why uh, intern John grabbed my butt. Um, but I think with Heineke, there's just... The, there's something that's hard to explain... In a really positive way with the young man. Mm-hmm. It's just who he is. Yeah. And he's had that since he arrived here. And But think about it. His whole life he had to operate that way because totally. he's been the underdog. He's been a little smaller than most people. Didn't have the strongest arm. So you have to develop a certain type of all-out attitude to become something that you spark people's attention with. And that's what he is. And Carson is kind of the opposite. Yeah. Now, granted, he back. He wasn't recruited. He didn't play big-time college football. But he is a huge physical specimen. He's 6'5", all muscle, 
huge arm, running in a straight line. He's quite fast. He used to have a lot of athleticism. I, I think the injuries have, have really limited him over the years. The quickness just isn't there. But Carson's the opposite. He's the second overall pick. Philly traded up a, a mountain to get him. They gave him a huge contract extension. He's rich beyond belief for the rest of his life. Mm-hmm. Taylor's grinding out 125K bonuses for wins, you know? Yeah. So they're just different people. They're both good guys. Um, you know, for all the knocks on Carson prior to his landing in Washington, he's been cool. He, he, he supported Taylor. Taylor's been supportive of him. The two of them, like, Taylor was visibly pissed when Ron told him he was getting benched. But before Carson went out there, Taylor went over and dapped him up and said good luck. Like, in a very hard situation, those two have a very good relationship. And I think they both deserve credit. But what do we care about here? You got two games you need to win to get in the playoffs. Yeah. That's what matters. That's what Ron has to base his decision on. You win two games, you're definitely in. Right. So let's look at the numbers. Let's look at the players. Heineke in about three quarters, a little more than three quarters of action. 13 of 18 for a buck 66, two touchdowns, a pick, and a fumble. I thought Heineke was, until the interception, I thought he was really quite good. Yeah, he was. I thought he was really good in the first half. Um, Now, with Taylor, what happens is there was a miss where McLaurin was open. He was, he was past his defender. And if that ball is long, you let Terry run under it, mm-hmm. it's six. It was short, incomplete. Dotson also dropped what could have been a TD on oh, the yeah. first drive. That was that, that was definitely in his – now, that's not on Taylor. No. You know, in that, no, some people say the pass was strong behind him, but still, we've seen Dotson catch the miraculous catch. you got to catch that easy one. It was in your, your breadbasket. Right. And you can argue if it was a better throw, because Dotson had a step. Instead, he had to stop and wait for it, but mm-hmm. you got to catch that. So, Wentz comes in. It makes pretty quick work because Wentz only got to play about the fourth quarter. I think he only got like two drives. 12 of 16, 123 yards, and a touchdown. Was it going against a prevent? Perhaps. And Nick Bosa was still out there, so, you know. But what is truly undeniable to me, whatever Heineke has in the intangible world, and he, he's got it. Like, mm-hmm. he's got the guts and the leadership qualities that you want, especially late in games, right? Yep. Wentz has a rocket of an arm. He does. You just got to be, like, it, it's it's visible. Like, you can hear it. You know when you can hear a dude throwing the football? Like, it whistles through the air? Yeah. Like, Carson has that. Taylor doesn't have that. And so... Prevent or not, when they're trying to go fast, and you know where the easy yards are as you're trying to get chunk plays going down the field? They're to the edges because a defense is going to prevent the deep stuff in the middle of the field. So you can pick up 14 a pop, 8, 13. Just receivers are running long digs or long outs. You got to have a big arm to make those throws. Carson could do it. He can. Unfortunately, a lot of times he is so late in trying to do it to where he has to try and 
throw it so hard, and we know if that ball is not right on point in the NFL, those when you wait too long, the defensive back normally has an opportunity to get it as much as your receiver. Yeah, I I think your Taylor basically doesn't throw that stuff because he knows he can't he he doesn't like testing a lot of corners yeah, yeah. on those routes because they'll jump them. Oh yes. So, I think if you're talking about the difference in these guys, Carson has the bigger arm. Period. And I think they're in the last month. Let's just try to name them. Let's think about the plays. That were touchdowns. That were chunk yard, big play touchdowns that Taylor missed. Curtis Samuel in the fourth quarter against the Giants at home. Logan Thomas against the Giants in the Meadowlands. Terry McLaurin, was that against the Giants in the Meadowlands? Like, there's just a number. Yeah, there was one. There's a number of these. I think Dotson yesterday, McLaurin yesterday, there were a couple. I think that is what is perhaps driving the bus on this with the staff is they want to run the ball and control the clock and dominate time of possession. But the big chunk plays that you set up with play action by running the ball, they're there. They're available. Got to hit them. And they're not getting hit. Yeah. And, And I think, and listen, Ron, Scott Turner, they're never going to say it. But if they do make this move that I'm expecting, I think that's the biggest reason is because they believe they should be scoring more. We can say a million things. but They they can believe it or not, but you know what? They need to be scoring more. Oh, you're not winning a lot in this league. We look at the points. They normally put up. Right around the last 20. month, they haven't gone over twenty points. But they go to twenty. Normally, if you can get to twenty-one, you're playing against them. You're normally going to win most games. And they get to twenty. And normally, when they get to twenty, it's normally late in the game, either a heroic play or a defense is in playing that uh, prevent defense. Well, you know what? We are, we so far ahead, and we make you throw five yards, five yards, five yards, five. You end up getting the score. We know it's going to take so much time off the clock that you can't catch us. And that's exactly what it was the other day. They're 24th in the NFL in scoring. Not a lot of playoff teams that are 24th in the NFL in scoring. Nope. And the defense plays well enough to the point, but if your defense is not historically great where they're putting points on the board for you consistently, you're going to lose those games. When Just look at how they were holding 49ers at first. And – the turnovers and the situations that happen going forward and putting you going forward on the 35 and get, putting your team in a bad situation, the defense held them to field goals for the most part. When we get to our blame pie, I, I want to talk about that because I, I kind of thought I thought Ron was being too aggressive. I, I think it was like he, he gets there was to, this sense of like we're not as good as them, so we got to try everything. Yeah, but you get when you get into when you make emotional decisions sometimes. They don't end up being the best decision. Because if you sit there and you think logically, the things that can happen in this situation, we can not get it. We can get a fumble. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We can get it. In just those three I threw you, two of them are negative, right? Right. 
So, and I, I can throw the fourth one. We give them great field position. So you miss on you getting it, and then now they're in great field position, and your defense probably was just off the field, just on the field and had to come off, and now they're going right back out there, which means now the 49ers, which is a better defense offense, they now have an advantage because you're a little tired. You're winded. So if you truly think about it, nine times out of ten, I don't think he goes for that one on the 35. Let's do this. Blame pie at 11 o'clock. Uh, we're going to talk about Jeff Walker's weight at 11.45. Coming up next, everybody that is checking in with me via Twitter, I'm going to read your tweets. A lot of people are listening. Some people are eating bacon and eggs. Some people are playing golf, but they're listening to the program. If you're listening to the program, send me a tweet at JP Finley NBCS. We're going to shout everybody out. Merry Christmas, everybody. So, you know, I told Willie the story of seeing ACDC in Serbia, and he didn't believe me. He's like, man, nobody's actually seen ACDC in Belgrade. I was like, I have. He, he legit was like, you're lying. He said, that's cap. I said, no, it's not. <laughs> um, all right, we're going to check in with a this whole bunch of folks. before y'all started drinking after? This was during. Okay. During. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, He's stubborn. Yeah, yeah, it reminds me of somebody. <laughs> um, all right. So I tweeted out this morning that me and B were working, and nobody else is, but you need to listen. So a lot of people responded, I'm listening. So I'm going to shout these people out. Shout them out. Cody Betts. CB. Uh, Hung out with Cody yesterday, (laughs) man. I heard he had a few. A couple. Um, I walked outside. Cody like, yo, man, just text you, man. Cody was already there. (laughs) I I come there with He's the most, like... If he says he's gonna be there, he's coming, and he's gonna be there early. Oh yeah, because I I went because I, I didn't know he was gonna be coming right at that point, but I, I remember I told him right around that time. But I went inside to check on something, came back, he was like, "What up?" <laughs> I mean, it, could Cody and I be more opposite? If Cody tells you he's coming to something, he's gonna be there and he's gonna be early. Yeah. If I tell you I'm coming to something, it's at best a 50-50 chance you I'm come coming. Super fashionably late, and, and I'm definitely gonna be late. <laughs> <laughs> All the time. If I come, I'll be late. Yeah, if you come. Uh, Cody's listening. He said, I almost probably should have turned it off when you asked somebody to grab your wet ass, <laughs> but I'm still here listening. Hopefully, b talks some sense into you. Shout out to Cody. All right. Shout um, out to John for grabbing it. Yeah, shout out to John. <laughs> uh, all right. My guy, Chef Cook, says, I'm at work. So damn happy to hear you and b voice. I didn't know who the hell was going to be on. Basically, we're saving you from Linnell. You're welcome. <laughs> uh, ben Davis is listening. Um, who else is listening? Eleven, eleven. Appreciate you. Danny the Irishman says, "Merry Christmas and Happy New Year's, guys. You guys are a welcome distraction whenever I get to hear you. Looking forward appreciate to 2023." Our guy Drew Cohen, Drew, kind of rubbing it in. He's listening from a golf cart in Naples, Florida. Drew, that's really messed up, dog. He said it's 45 degrees, but it's going to get up to 60. Hey, we will take 60 right now. I mean, it's it might get up to <laughs> we 6 We will here. definitely take 60 right now. <laughs> Riley Webster says, be Mitch and wetass. I'm listening. <laughs> uh, Adrian says that the app is playing Friday's show. I don't know what the 
to how to help you there. Um, is it? I don't know. Wow. Fix the app. Uh, Steve Captain Carnivore is at Waffle House listening to us eating bacon and eggs. Mm. Appreciate it. That's the secret that Jeff needs to learn how to handle, that bacon and eggs, right before you start doing stuff on an early morning. Uh, you started drinking on an empty stomach, Jeff? Wasn't completely empty, but yes. How kinda. drunk was Jeff? <laughs> like Jeff I just, saw the videos you posted. You seemed okay. He but... smiles a lot, don't we? <laughs> Look, he just starts smiling. I'm like, why is he just looking over there, just looking at people smiling? He's weird. No, and then man. I, I find out later on when he feels a little good, he smiles. Nah, man. It's just when people talk and they telling, you know, funny stories and stuff, I smile because it's a good feeling. It shows that I'm listening. Nobody really retaining. was uh, talking, Jeff. You were on the other side of the room just smiling on people on the other side of the room talking to each other, and you you couldn't hear them. You know how oh, I'll pay attention I, to I you. I probably was just gone trying to get my, <laughs> my mind together and just, you know, trying to keep it all together. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, Brian Burroughs is listening. Appreciate Jeez. that. Danny Frank is listening. Appreciate that. Uh, one, two, three on Twitter says, I'm always tuned in. Appreciate you, one, two, three. Mm. I like this name. Humphreys says, I'm listening at work like I do every day. Merry Christmas, Humphreys. See, Dem- got a lot of people working here. Dimitri Moshevitas is listening. Tailgate Ted is listening. Merry Christmas, dude. My guy Stuntman is listening in Leesburg. Stuntman. There's a lot of people listening. Yeah, man. Um, LC, Latricia. Is that, hopefully I'm getting that right. Latricia is listening. Mm. Commanders for Life. Bring it. Just asking me about play calling. Um, Bobby, I don't even know what. You help me out here, B. Bobby Mozafari says, I'm checking on the progress on repairing the burst pipe in my clinic. It could have been way, way worse. So I guess I'm winning off the field. Happy holidays. All right. Um, FedEx Frank is not delivering packages, but still listening. Thank you, Frank. Way to go, Frank. Um. All right, I, I'm, we're going to run out of time if I keep doing this. There's a lot of people listening. We really appreciate you. Uh, Evil Finley, my guy. Evil JP is listening. Evil JP? Well, he has to listen, man. Metal Hip he is listening. He needs to know what you're saying so he can mess with you. Metal Hip is not only listening but playing golf. You're what? nuts. Well, no, not, not in this weather. Bro, he says, I'm waiting to tee off in 25-degree weather. Metal Hip? You must be metal brain, too. It's too cold, man. What kind of gloves are you going to wear where you can I, actually feel the club? Man, I don't know. Captain Todd's listening. Nelson Jordan's listening. Savannah from Dudley's is listening. How about that? What's up, Savannah? Um, I think we met her. Yeah. Oh, how about this? I I'm gonna I got a question here. Um Richmond John, we all know RJ. Yeah, Richmond was here on Friday. Is his wife Suze? Mm-hmm. Or someone. I, look, I'm not trying to get in anybody's business here, but apparently Richmond John is in a car with someone named Suze, and they're listening on their way to Virginia Beach for a few days. All right. So, RJ, I hope it's your wife. Well, if it's not, you sure <laughs> just put it out there. What, 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 what did we say yesterday? JP, we had a conversation about you. Don't do a what when JP's around? Say anything that's not supposed to go on there. <laughs> and if you want to do it, if you want to ever commit a crime, make sure JP's not there because you will be caught. <laughs> um, someone named Young Nut is listening. Sounds like uh, one of Jeff's buddies. <laughs> Corey Kane is listening. Adam E is listening. Jim T from Boston. 
I appreciate you guys. Um, appreciate all you people. Villa Diego and my wife says she's in the car listening, but the girls fell asleep. That's I'm glad and, and that's Lauren, how I am glad they fell asleep. I hope they didn't hear that John was grabbing his yeah, his ass. His did, did you hear the part where the intern grabbed my butt, Lauren? <laughs> we gotta go. Blame pie when we come back. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. Back clock at four. Doncic. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, oh, oh.